Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on our five-goal win up at Cove on Saturday, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Obviously, 5-0 win. Very little to complain about about that. So, yeah, happy days. Reese Aldean's here. Reese, how are you? Brilliant, man. Finally, some goals to talk about after the last couple of performances, but I should be a good podcast and I'm looking forward to, to getting dug in. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, are you well? Yes, I'm well. A great weekend. And um, yeah, looking forward to discussing it. Yeah, well, we'll just get straight into it then. We'll start, as we always do, with a look at the start and living. There were a couple of changes. Lee Hodson came in for Harry Milne, who we'll go on to speak about in a wee minute. And Adam Muirhead was back in the side for Darren Brownley. Jamie, what did you make of the, the team news when you saw it about two o'clock on Saturday? I mean, we'd spoken about in the previous podcast about going with two up top. And I kind of hoped we were going to do that prior to kick-off, prior to the team coming out. I was hoping that we were going to go with Dowds and Graham starting up front and maybe Laws getting dropped to the bench. But obviously that team proved me wrong. And including Laws, as he grabbed a goal, we were fantastic going forward. We were just great all day. So I was very happy to get proven wrong by that. Obviously, Milne being out and now he's out for the season, that's a huge blow. So now that's never a positive during the week when you find out that one of your key players is not just missing for the next game, but is out for the rest of the season. And that could play on players' minds, knowing that there's, you know, that's a big blow. But obviously, it didn't. It didn't let them, didn't let them get, didn't let it get to them. And yeah, in all, in all honesty, cruised to a five 0 win. Yeah, I agree with you, Jamie. I was a little bit concerned that there weren't changes in attack, especially after the last few weeks, and we'd spoken about. Players in those attacking positions maybe not been at their best. It was good to see Muir head back. I think I mean Holt are our best centre back pair. Reese, what did you make of the team when you saw it on Saturday? Aye, no real complaints to be honest. It's to be as expected, you expect Hudson to come in when Milne's not available. And and like like you just said, we've been saying about the front three for quite a wee while now that they've not really been firing on all cylinders. And wouldn't you be surprised to see one of them dropped? And what do we know when all three of them get a goal at the weekend? So aye, hopefully that they can keep up that and. And long may it continue. David Ross Alexander, he's asked, how was your day up in Cove? Did you have a good day after all, after your slightly negative I, uh, preconceptions of the trip? I, I'd like to formally apologise for my statement last week. I, I did indeed have a good day. We went to Stonehaven before and went to the Karen Chippy and it was absolutely brilliant. Sat by the coast, had my dinner and we went to the game and we won 5-0 and it was a great, a great game to watch. I still maintain that Cole is a total shithole, but you know what? You can have a good time in a shithole sometimes. Who knew? Yeah, a shout out to the, the Aberdeen Angus steak burgers that were only 4 uh, That sort of just goes to further emphasise that the further away you get from the central belt, the, the better the scran is at, at away grounds. And they, they were very good value for money with cheese and onion on them as well. Lovely stuff. Uh, Jamie, how big a loss then is Harry Milne? He's out for the season. And do you think we'll actually see him again in a thistle shirt? I mean, he's a massive loss. You know, we've raved about Milne on the podcast this season and all the fans have seen how integral he's been to us defensively and going forward. He's that kind of player that goes in for every challenge. He's not he's never going to be scared to go in for a 50-50. He's great on the ball. He's good at moving us up the pitch. You know, He's racked up the assists this season as well. He's popped up with important goals. So uh, he's been crucial for us. And losing him is, is, is a big blow. There's no two ways about it. I don't see how... Yeah, it's the test. It's a really big blow, and 
will we ever see him again? I don't know because you know there's been talk that Hearts would apparently in for him or Hibs as well. I think got mentioned and the only thing that you could think maybe if he was injured would a team maybe not take a part on him and we maybe will have him next season. You know, I don't know. It depends how long he is out injured for. I think four months was the number that was getting floated about. But I'd love to say we'll see him again, but I really don't know. Reese, do you want to give us a word on Milne and then kick us off with what you thought of the performance on Saturday? Yeah, um, so in regards to Milne, as Jamie's already touched on, massive player for us and, and a big loss. And it's just the, the most concerning part is if ultimately we do now achieve the, the secondary goal of getting to the playoffs, that one of our better players won't be there to sort of see us over the line. And, and it's a shame. And obviously there's a lot of rumours going about and Harry Milne, from what I've seen, is more than capable of playing in the Premiership and he's got another year in his contract with us and I hope that he at least sees it out it would be brilliant to have him for another year but if he does go we really don't know about the state of our finances at the moment there's a lot of hearsay and whatnot. so if we are skint I don't think we'll be short a few quid if we sell Harry Milne but I'd love him, love him to stay for another year um, see out his contract and hopefully playing in the Premiership with us next season but uh, moving on to to events at the Balmoral Stadium as David said it's an absolute dump here stadium it made the end of drill look like the Bernabeu it's mental the events on the park so I within about two minutes of the game we could have been 1-0 down we should have been 1-0 down letting McIntosh clean through and and he's basically hit it at Mitchell but fair play to Mitchell stood stood tall and made a good save and thankfully we somehow managed to settle into the game from that point and we got that early goal and we started bopping it about it was so comfortable Cove for were nowhere near it. They they had no intensity. They didn't press us, and and we should have been more than two goals up at half time. And and it's always it's it's really nice to see Fissel getting a couple of goals in the first half. It makes such a difference, and it gives you something to to play with and to to hold on to, or to go and get more. And and thankfully we did go and get more. Um, that one early in the second half. And what a goal from Brian Graham! Like, see, watching it back, he's he's basically just in inside just over the halfway line and he's he's checked in and out about three or four times and took it on his left and obviously it takes a wee nick but straight into the bottom corner and obviously as Brian Graham does he celebrates so affectuously and over to the fans and everything just brilliant um the the fourth goal coming straight after is always brilliant and at that point I think there was still half an hour to play and it could have been ending we're lucky Cove were lucky we only got another goal kind of we didn't take. I wouldn't say we took the foot off the pedal, but we it was brilliant to to rest guys like Tiffany and and give the other boys a, a chance. You know, the, your Dowd, your Mullen. I thought Mullen was brilliant, and even your Xander McKenzie's who who came on. I don't I don't think it was his best game. I'm I'm quite a, a, a Xander McKenzie fan, but I don't think he had his best game. He lost the ball a couple of times, but for that assist, brilliant taking it down the line, cut back, excellent ball and pinpoint on uh, Danny Mullen's head, and what a header that is as well. So an absolute five star display. Excellent, good wee away day. The wee the crowds on behind the goals and and the wee um the wee shed bit at the side. It was it was a good. I was I was saying on the bus back like uh, Cove is a dump and it's it's never a nice place to go, but it helps when you win five now. It makes it seem brilliant. Five. Uh, it was a nice day and and when you look back and I think you will look back on years to come. Went away one five now. Nice, easy performance. It was never in doubt. I don't think Bar obviously they hit the post as well. Maybe at two 0 um, and they could have got them back in the game, but bar that, it didn't threaten us at all. Um, so I really comfortable. Another clean sheet, and uh, we we keep things moving. And and once again, we win it on Friday night, and 
you're talking three points off top. I know Dundee have got a game in hand and it looks like it might now be their title to lose. Somehow, I don't know how, but it might be Dundee's to lose, but it's still not over and, and it, it never seems to escape us. Just go back a minute or two, Rhys. I just want to give Mitchell a bit of credit because I've been critical of him this season and that save at 0-0, that was an excellent save. I think you see it so often when strikers are one-on-one with a goalkeeper and they've got a little bit to run before they're going to shoot. Goalkeepers will rush out, they'll get impatient and rush out. But he held his ground and he made it really hard for McIntosh. And as you said, it wasn't a great shot by him and it was it was an easy save once the shot had been made. But the actual decision to stand his ground was the really good bit of goalkeeping. David, obviously 5-0, great result, but how much was the 5-0 down to how good we were and how much was it down to how bad Cove were? There's a debate to be had about that. I I was surprised at how bad Cove were. I know they're really, really struggling for form at the bottom of the league, but especially against a team like us with our poor results, I expected some sort of reaction. I expected something. The team are absolutely fighting for their life and they gave nothing whatsoever. Apart from that uh, chance at the start that Mitchell made a great save, they did not threaten us at all, and we were just coasting about and, you know, absolutely running them riot, and we were good, and I think it goes to show that we have played some decent football in the last couple of weeks, and it's not came off, but when it does come off for us, we can we can be lethal. And um, so... I thought there was good performances all round, but not great performances. But I think you have to put a lot of it on Cove an absolute mess at the moment. It, I, it, it, it seems that any team that plays them at the moment is, you know, just, you know, running them into the ground. So it was a good performance from ourselves. However, I you, you can't take away the fact that Cove are rotten. Yeah, I think it was a good and professional performance. I'd say it was a clinical performance as well. I think we've had a, a lot of sort of similar performances to that. And I think you get two goals in the first 20 minutes and that, that really sets you up for us to dominate the game, which I think we did after that, after the first 20 minutes. Obviously, Cove had a chance or two early on, but once we get a couple of goals up and you just think about how many games we've had like that, Cove at home, Hamilton at home, more that I can't remember off the top of my head, but there has been so many stupid drop points this season where if we just got an early goal or two and set ourselves up, we could be in such a, a better position. I think that's the most frustrating thing for me because Cove were bad, but I don't think they were like any worse really than they've been in the other games we've played against them this season. And it was just, we were very clinical, some really good finishes. I thought Tiffany's finish was for the first goal was actually excellent. Um, and I thought that was the difference on Saturday. Jamie, do you agree? Yeah, I thought, I thought we were brilliant all over the park on Saturday. You know, it was... Very few moments, I think, that we felt in real danger, apart from what we've already mentioned, the one-on-one right at the start with Mitchell making that good save. And Honestly, it's, when, when you think of a performance when it's just it's been easy and you're under no stress, not often do you go to a Thistle game and you're not stressed at all about us like chucking a lead or whatever. And I know we've already done that against Cove this season at home. That that was a terrible two points drop that day for like a defeat. But on Saturday, I felt we were just so comfortable throughout the 90 minutes and we really did just we cruised to our win, and that's not something that we see all the time, not too often. And because the championship is a very competitive league, and yeah, it was nice just to be able to kind of relax while watching a performance. And yeah, I, I almost said to you, I said you guys almost felt like you had like preseason vibes to it, with the way that just I didn't feel like stressed watching it, and we just won very easily. And yeah, there's really very little to complain about about that game, to be honest. The only thing you can maybe say is that it's a shame we didn't score more. 
would have done a goal difference any harm, but yeah, five no one. No no complaints. Reese, who were the standout performers for you in Thistle Colours on Saturday? Loads of them. Um, I thought it was really as Jamie said, comfortable day at the office and I think everybody, every all of the all of the Thistle players were flexing their quality, so to speak. I thought we were really good in forward areas. I thought Tiff and Graham were back to their best. I'd probably say Tiffany was a standout. His goal looked so easy. Like it just it looks as if the Cove players were walking and he's just ran past them. Um it doesn't even look like Tiffany was going that fast either, but you know you know what Tiffany's like, he is rapid, but uh, it generally did feel as if we were playing lower league opposition. Cove did seem out of depth on that on the day. But I, if I was to pick a standout, it's got to be Tiffany or Graham. I thought they were both brilliant on the day. But I've pass marks all over the park, even the, the defence. It's, it's funny, like Kevin Holt, seeing him back at left back, he was playing so high up the park and you almost forget that he is a natural left back. And every time he scores for us, obviously barring the penalties, it was when he was at left, when he was playing left back last season, he was, he was getting in amongst the goals and managed to get obviously another goal at the weekend there so it was, it was nice to see him get back amongst the, the goals um, so I had plenty of standouts to pick from this week as opposed to last week so uh, you could you could pick any of the 11 really I think that's an interesting question I'll open this up to anyone who wants to come in going forward if, if say Darren Brownlee is fit would you prefer a back four with Brownlee and Muirhead in the middle and Holt at left back or would you prefer Holt and Muirhead at left back at centre back with Hodgson at left back anyone get any thoughts on that I, I would prefer Holt at left back. I mean, a clean street, street last season, Holt was a left back. He was left back from a, a good portion of the season. Obviously, flitting when um, Akinola or Mayo were out, you know, call-ups, injuries, suspensions, whatever. But he was a left back at that point, and I don't see any reason why you can't just sort of have him sort in at natural left back as opposed to crowbarring Hodson in there. It's a solid plan B that's better than pretty much most plan Bs that you'll get in this sort of situation. He's a natural left back and he really showed how good he was at it last season. I'd absolutely be having him a left back. I think I agree with you, David. I think as well, it just adds an extra bit of height when you're defending and attacking set pieces. And we got a lot of joy from set pieces last season. We've maybe not had as much joy this season, but I think if you stick Brownlee, Muirhead and Holt in a box with Graham and, and Doherty's handy in there as well, then I think you're looking quite threatening. Earlier this week, I caught up with Queen's Park fan and friend of the show, Duncan Rayburn, to preview Friday's big game at Firhill. Now joined by friend of the show and Queen's Park fan, Duncan Rayburn. Duncan, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much for having me, Matt. Well, you are welcome. You're lucky we're having you after the nine points you've taken off us already this season. But how has your season gone? It's been a long time since we've spoken on the podcast. I remember at the start of the season, you weren't weren't so convinced you'd be in a, a playoff battle, never mind a title battle. How has this season surpassed your expectations and what was what's the key been to the success? Well, I think the last time we spoke, we'd just been beaten 3-2 by air at Oakleview after like being up 2-0 at halftime. So a lot better than that start. Less so recently, but I'd say it's still been, I mean, even if 
uh, our recent form continues and say like we don't do as well. It's still been it's a brilliant season. I did not expect coming into it to be top of the league at this stage. I think we'd be quite still quite lucky if we got fourth at that stage if I was going back then. But to to be here is a sort of wilder, honestly. I just don't really know how to feel um, <laughs> being up here at this stage of the season and possibly losing it now. But it's just been a it's been very unexpected. And I think about a lot of that I think is has got to go down to this uh, brilliant group of young players uh, for this level and uh, a enthusiastic coaching team behind them. Uh, you mentioned there that you're not sure you'll get fourth. We'll definitely come back to that because you will get top four. And um, you've obviously taken nine points off us this season. What do you think of what do you think the key's been to those victories? What have you done well that we haven't in those games? Uh, I think you've just kind of played into our hands a lot more than other teams. <laughs> to be honest. I think, and it's the same as we were like last season. We are better against teams that attack us, I think. And it, but sometimes that could be a margin call. Like uh, even that game, for that 4-0 game at Far Hill, brilliant as it was, I think you had a, like, a penalty in the first minute, had a bit of pressure for 10 minutes. And if you got the first goal, I could have easily seen that going the other way. Because you're, like, you're, I think we're quite similar teams, very attacking. And if you get the first goal, it can easily become five. But if you don't, it's a real struggle. And I think, you know, uh, maybe a bit of luck on our side there, but also uh, you create a lot of open spaces for us, which players like Simon Murray, especially Dom Thomas, Aim Grant Savory, all right, just absolutely off. So. You mentioned Simon Murray there. He was obviously your top goal scorer. Uh, Connor Shields come in from Motherwell as a replacement. How has he fared in the, the sort of Simon Murray role? Um, and I think he's overall been fine. I've like coming in, he got really bad reviews. Most Motherwell fans I saw were like seemed quite happy to get rid of him. Wasn't expecting him to do well at all. But I think he, I mean, he had a, an assist maybe in his first match, and then he like scored two at Hamilton. He's he's pretty brilliant, I think. But in the Simon Murray role specifically, I think he's a very different type of player. I think that's one of our problems recently is. Own coil's been trying to play in like Simon Murray. And one of the uh, reasons Simon Murray was so good this season was not just because of his, his goal scoring, though, obviously that was a big part, but because he became my supporter. He came more into, he created as many chances uh, as he scored. And Cornish was just trying to do that. Uh, he's been unlucky in that Don Thomas and Grant Savory are usually going to fulfill that. I just haven't been firing as much. But it just means he, he doesn't have the, he doesn't cover as much ground. He's very much a kind of runner and a, a finisher. And he's not really had a chance to do that. He's been pushed out wide a lot uh, recently. So I think he's he's been doing well, but struggling recently. But I don't think that's entirely his fault. It's uh, the kind of role he's been pushed into. You mentioned Dom Thomas and, and Grant Savory there. Are they the, the players Thistle should be looking out for? Are they your danger men on Friday? I'd definitely say so all season. I think uh, a lot of whether we are good or bad depends on Dom Thomas especially. Uh, if, if they're on form, we're definitely like, deserved the uh, league toppers basically if it's not and it's struggling a bit we can like we can do what we've done the last few weeks and fall to our, our growth and, and Ruth and everything it's a it's a big key point of our attack and Grant Savory he's, he's a lot younger so he's still to get experience and uh, I think recently so he's been looked at by teams like Forest Green Rovers and other English like League One and two teams but he's, uh, he's definitely he's, he's gone up a bit uh, recently as he was like brilliant at the start of the season. Um, great in the middle, uh, fast, uh, great with the fast. But it's just always been that little, little step behind recently. So we'll see. 
I'm looking ahead just to the end of the season. There's only a handful of games left. You're still placed very nicely uh, in, the, in the race for the, the title. How do you see the season playing out? Uh, well, less nicely than we were two weeks ago. But uh, at this point, it's I, I try not to be too pessimistic because you you got to, like, again, look back and look where we are and say, you don't expect to be top of the league at this point of the season, even if it is one with Dundee in a game in hand. But after after the past couple of weeks, and even even before that, our, our wins against Inverness in the last minute, as good as that was, and um, uh, 1-0 at Cove, great to win with these kind of, like, challenge games but the, the performances weren't there either you could see a, a, a big candidate and if we continue that into a tough set of fixtures for us in the last month of the season then we've got you Hamilton which is maybe a wee bit better and then we've got Arian Aid and Dundee in the last game of the season so that's going to be massive and uh, if we don't somehow manage to find uh, change it up find uh, a new way of getting some energy back into the team i I think it's going to be the, the playoffs for us, but you never know. This championship's been very up and down. And just to finish off, score prediction for Friday? 1-0 Queens. Very, very painful game. Lots of bug boy one. Duncan, thank you very much for joining us, and I will, I'll catch you Friday for what I hope is a miserable couple of hours for you. <laughs> okay, I'll catch you then. Cheers. Jamie, what sort of game are you expecting then on on Friday night? We've struggled against Queen's Park this season. I think we've been quite open against them in all three games and, and not really got much joy. Do you think Dylan will, will change that? Do you think he'll be a bit more conservative? Or are you expecting more of the same, a sort of carry on from the Cove game last weekend? I think it's going to be a bit of a different game to what we saw on Saturday at Cove. I think it's going to be a bit of a cagey affair, especially to start with. Both sides are so desperate to win this one and also, you'd probably say desperate not to lose it. Queen's Park off the back of two pretty poor results for them. And, you know, they might start thinking that they're blowing their title chances. And then it does kind of maybe look like it has Dundee's to lose now with their game in hand. And if we're to beat Queen's Park, it could chuck them out of the equation. And, but if we are to beat Queen's Park, then it could, you you are, we are really putting our hat back in the ring. Yes, it would still take some comeback towards the end of the season and other results probably going our way for it to happen. But, if we were to win that game, then we are really putting our hat back in the ring for an outsider shot at the title. And there's just so much on the line. And I think it will be quite a, a close game. I think it probably end up being like one goal in it, maybe like a 1-0 or maybe a 2-1. But I am really looking forward to it. I'm nervous and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm hoping we get a big crowd in for it all. Yeah, obviously the circumstances of it are, are very, very different. But it's got a sort of similar feel, I think, to the Morton game. Obviously the club have doing that good initiative where season ticket holders can bring along a friend for, for £10, which is, is really good. Hopefully that will boost the, the numbers. I think the fact it's under the, the lights at Fahal as well, that will sort of add a bit of, a bit of spice to it. Reese, would you make any more changes to the team on Friday night? Well, 
I don't know if Hodgson's going to be fit. Um, that's one thing. So if Hodgson's not available, then I stick stick Holt at left back, and you're you're probably playing with the same team again. Um, no changes really. Uh, in terms of the game, it's, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm, I'm in two minds. Um, I would say on our day, now it hasn't happened all that often this season, but on our day, I think we are by a bit of a distance the best team in the league. At the weekend there, I know Cover a bit a bit pish, but we were excellent. Whereas Queen's Park, I would actually say they've been the best side in the division this year. Purely, they're the most consistent. They win most weeks, and they look even when they're getting beat. More often than not, they have come back to pick up three points. So credit to them; they've been a really good side this season. Now, will they go on and win the league? I don't know. The the wheels are seem to be falling off at the moment. Hopefully, we can capitalise on that and catch them a bit cold, and pick up all three points. That would be that would be ideal and, and put us as Jamie said, uh, where we a bit of an outsider's shot where a few games left to go, and, and who knows at that point, just got to focus on yourself. Do do your own thing, win your games and, and hopefully the rest can take care of itself but uh, will Doolin go for a different apo- approach? I, I don't really know, Doolin's, Doolin's management style has is, not been neither here nor there, I, I know we mentioned he's, he's been really conservative, we've had all these clean sheets and that's brilliant, but you look at the, the Rafe game at Furhill and the Cove game at the weekend, they were outstanding and we were, we were really good going forward with the ball we were bopping about at times, so if we can if we can turn up like that, then I don't think anyone's a match for us, and you, you don't know. We could end up steamrolling them in Queen's Park if they're caught lacking. But at the same time, they're a, they're an excellent footballing team, and if if they're right up for it again, then it could be a tough day for us. So it, it can go any number of ways. I know I'm almost getting splinters for sitting split, sitting on the fence here, but I um, it's 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 going to be a massive game for for both sides. David, what are your thoughts going on to Friday? Um, I I have to agree with Reese um, about I think that. It does kind of depend on what approach Dolan takes for us. We have kind of tried to be a bit more defensive against QP over the last three games, and it's not really worked out for ourselves. You could argue the game at Farhill, where we lost 1-0 until we missed the penalty, we were doing okay. But the approach we've taken so far this season has not worked. And I think that, as we said, when we are on our day and we are attacking and going for it and flying, we're a match for anybody in this league. I think it's going to be a great fun game uh, under the floodlights. I think it's going to be a big crowd there and they're going to be noisy. Um, hopefully QP get some sort of PTSD from uh, having to play in that pitch last season. They get some NAM flashbacks to the tatty field from last year or whatever and then just totally don't turn up. But I think we just need to go best foot forward and go for it and see what happens. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, th- I think Queen's Park throughout the season have struggled when they've played against teams who do defend, but I agree with you, David. I think we should go for it, and I think the goal should be similar to Saturday there. Go a goal or two up early on. You think back to the home game where we lost 4-0, and we sounds silly to say it now, but I remember when we were talking about it in the pod, we were talking about we were the better team for 50-55 minutes there until it went to 2-0, and then obviously the game stretched and Queen's Park ended up running away with it, but we miss a penalty and, and Ferry and goals for Queen's Parks had a really good first half there as well. We could have been 2 or 3-0 up. And if we play similarly and just take our chances like we did on Saturday there, hopefully we'll get the result that we need. Rhys, you're still ahead on the predictions table. I think everyone scored one point on, on Saturday. Nobody was bold enough to go for 5-0. In fact, no, I tell a lie, Rhys, you predicted a, a goalless draw, so 
David just closed <laughs> the gap to one. <laughs> Nearly. Uh, David's closed the gap to one, but Reese, you're still ahead. Do you want to kick us off for a prediction for Friday? Oh, um, I really don't know with this one. Um, I'm going to go with a, a classic party for so when we're playing it for Hill. We'll get a couple of goals, but I do think that Queen's Park have got a goal in them as well. Um, not so confident about a clean sheet this time. So I'll say 2-1 Thistle. David, you're putting the pressure on Reese, so you can go next. I do I do think this is going to be a, a bit of an end-to-end game. Um, Q, QP have lost a couple of games. They're, they're looking a bit shaky. Now's the time to pound, spring it down to three points. I'll say 3-2. I, 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 an astonishing 3-2 Glasgow Derby win. Seems in the Jackie husband at the end. Break it. Jamie, a prediction from you? I'm annoyed I didn't say 5-0 last week because I said 4-0 for the Cove game and <laughs> should have said 5. But I said earlier, I thought this game was going to be KJ and you mentioned Matt's kind of almost like some of the vibes of the Morton game and I'm kind of inclined to agree with you with that, even though it's not quite the same situation. I get, I get what you're saying and I think that as well. So I'm going to say in that fashion, we'll win one now and it's going to be a really, really, like we're going to score the first half and the second half's going to be horrible, which clinging on in the last 10, 15 minutes, just hanging on to that. and Yeah, worth it full time. <laughs> yeah, Are we just face. rerunning the James Craig and Morton game with QP here, or just note for note, just going through the whole game again? Yes. Hopefully, yeah. just Jamie's taking the words right out of my mouth. I was going to go 1-0 as well. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, and who will be the attacking midfielder to score? We say Kyle Turner, 1-0, Jamie, late in the first half. Uh, I'm saying Ross Doherty. I've got a dot goal ran on for some reason, but you're saying Turner. Anybody, mate, it could be a Queen's Park on goal. Earlier this week, I caught up with former Partick Thistle midfielder Rhys Cole about his time at the club and what his plans are for the future. Just like an albatross We ran from George's Cross we never failed to answer when we were cold. I'm now joined by former Partick Thistle midfielder Rhys Cole. Rhys, thanks very much for joining us. How are you getting on? Yeah, all good. All good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, I just want to start with how your move to Partick Thistle came about. You were at Brentford at the time and, and Gary Caldwell signed you towards the end of the, the transfer window in the summer 2019. How did that come about from your point of view? Neil McFarlane as my as my coach at the time at Brentford and he had a few connections in obviously in Scotland and uh, Jerry come down to watch a game at uh, QPR and it just come about from that he, he, he like what he saw he must have put it to the manager and then it probably all turned around in about one or two days and I was up there. Did, did you know any of the of the players or staff at the time when you signed? I didn't know any of the players at the time. I, I, did, I didn't have a clue who was there or anything like that. Obviously, I knew about Gary being manager. I had, I had a brief chat with him and and, and that was it. I, I was sold and I was driving straight up there, which was, which was a long drive, but um, something I was looking forward to. And what were your expectations for that season? Obviously, it was the, the club was going through a bit of a tough time, but it, it looked like Gary Caldwell had, had found something towards the end of the previous season. And what were your expectations going into the season where you signed? The expectation was hopefully to try and get 
obviously promoted that that was the aim but obviously we massively underachieved but yeah it was just going up there play as many games as possible try and try and put myself in a good position going back to Brentford at, at the end of the season so yeah it, it, it was obviously we had a good side but massively massively underachieved Obviously, that underachievement led to a managerial change. What did that mean for you? Was that a, was that a surprise that uh, Gary Colbert left so early in that season? And how did you um, get on with Ian McCall when he came in? Yeah, no, it, it, it was a surprise because obviously it was so early on into the season. When it did happen, I thought, oh, no, I've, I've moved up here. The manager has brought me in. It's gone after, I can't remember how many games. It was maybe five, six games or something like that. I think I'd only played two or three at the time so I was thinking oh no what's what's, what's going to happen here but then obviously McCall come in as everyone knows he's he, he's a good manager he's a good guy at first I didn't really play under him maybe for the first one or two games me and Osman who was my flatmate at the time we, we, we didn't play We I think the first game we had was Celtic at, um, away in the cup obviously one of the biggest games of that season we were disappointed not to play, but we knew we had to, to prove to him in training that we was, we was worthy of playing in his side. And it paid off for us that we did work hard because I think we played all of the games up until the end when it got cut by the, the COVID. When, when a player like yourself is was out of the side, do you ever knock on the manager's door? Is it just about working hard and training? Or did you have a chat with McCall about how to get back into the team? I'd asked around, obviously. I'd, I'd spoken to Kenny. Kenny's one of the most experienced players I've ever played with. So he just said, listen, get your head down, work hard and, and hopefully he'll, he'll see your, your ability. And he did in the end and I, I come out and said it when I was there. He was probably and still is the best manager that I've worked under. But obviously it didn't go to didn't go to plan at the start, not playing the first couple of games, but football's a never, never a smooth ride. So yeah, no, I really enjoyed my time under him and playing for him. I feel like he got the best out of me as a player. He didn't really put any pressure on me. It was just go out and perform and, and show my ability to the best I can. Do you think that's one of his key strengths? Obviously, it's quite interesting hearing about players talk about Ian McCall now because he's, he's just lost his job. But um, we, we on the podcast think he generally did quite a good job and a lot of that was he signed well and when he signed his man management of the players was really good would you say man management was his key strength? Yeah 100% a, a, a lot of managers that I played for have, it's usually the assistants that are better with the players in a, in a man management sense but I, I couldn't knock Ian on anything really he, he was good coaching and off the pitch as well he's very very approachable you could speak to him about what you're doing well and what, what you're not doing well so yeah, he was. I'd say his man management is it's probably a very key factor in why he's he's done well. And you mentioned uh, Osman Kakai there, who you you room shared with. What other players were you close with? I remember you having a, a good relationship with Dario Zanata as well. Yeah, Dario, Alex Jones, and and Kenny. I'd probably say it was I was closest with in in the changing room. Might have been with Alex definitely because of the English connection, sort of. Me, Ozzy, and Alex sort of stuck together, and, and, and Dario, he's a good lad. And then I always wanted to be around Kenny, but just to learn off him and just to take little parts of his game and try to add it into mine as much as possible. As a, a young player, what do you have to consider when you're making the move up to Scotland, and how did the Scottish game sort of 
surprise you compared to your, your expectations of it when you come up? For me, I just thought it's, it's, I've got to go and prove myself at a different level. First of all, obviously, I, I, I did say in one of the interviews, I didn't think the level was going to be as good as what what it was because obviously Scottish football does get it. It's got that stigma around it that it's, it's not as good as English football. But like I've said before, that the Scottish Championship is as tough as League Two. So there's no comparison in it really. And I, th- I think the standard in some teams is, is much better than League Two football. I'm going to ask you just about that season. What It was obviously a tough season for the club, but you contributed some sort of standout moments. What were your favourite moments and games in a Thistle shirt? Uh, well, that's a tough one. I, I had quite a lot, obviously, probably scoring inside the first minute. Uh, I think it was against Pen, was it Penny Cook. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Penny Cook, playing against them and obviously scoring early on, that, that was a good moment. And any time I, I scored at home, I, I enjoyed it playing with the boys we had a good group everyone got along which was which was good but like I said we, we massively underachieved and it's quite disappointing because I look back on my time at Bartek and, and we had such a good side that we should have been much much higher in the league a lot of results didn't go our way when I think they should have but yeah no, overall it, it is looking back at it now it was disappointing on a team level but for me I felt like I had a good season and I was finding my form just before COVID come in and ruined everything. Yeah, I'll ask you about COVID in a minute, but why do you think the team did underachieve that season? Um, I, 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 can't put, I can't put a finger on it, but I just think maybe at times we was too naive. Obviously, Partick's a big club and maybe at times we thought we were not guaranteed the three points before we went out but because we had such good players in the team that we thought we could we could go out and, and maybe play at 75% and, and still win the games which obviously everyone knows in, in football isn't the case Absolutely and then obviously you've mentioned Covid what was that like from a player's point of view I, I imagine you were just as in the dark as what was going to happen with the rest of the season as the fans Yeah 100% I, I still remember it the meeting to this day we all got called in on the Friday I can't remember who is due to play on on the Saturday and they said sort of the season's going to be suspended um, it was just I think for a week or two and then it all just went all downhill from there and it, it just got longer and longer and longer until eventually we found out that the season wasn't going to be be carrying on which I was pretty annoyed about because like I said before we was I felt like us as a team and me individually starting to kick on and showing real signs of, of getting those three points and climbing up the board. And then obviously with the the season coming to an end that we didn't see you again in a Thistle shot. was it ever likely that you would return in that summer? Was there a return ever on the cards? Uh, I hope so. I, d- I did speak to Ian but obviously the club didn't know where they were going to be in a, a financial situation where it was going to leave the club. Um, I did speak to him uh, to, to go back for League One but it, it didn't work out which I'm pretty gutted about because obviously I felt like I had more to show the fans and, and more to owe to the club really and since then you've had spells at, at Brentford at Dunfermline uh, you're at Hazen Yedding at the moment how would you sort of sum up your career to date are you, are you happy with where you're at and what are your what are your goals for the next year or two I wouldn't say happy but um, I'm I'm playing football every week I'm, I'm playing games every week which is all you can do as a player but 
obviously it's not the level or standard that I, I, I want to be at. I want to be pushing to get back into full-time football as soon as possible. So I think this season's just been about playing games, enjoying football again, falling back in love with the game and, and really pushing on now to try and try and make a career in football. And just a quick one to finish off with that, sorry. Uh, a five-a-side team of players you've played with and you can include as many or as few Thistle players in it as, as you like. Oh, that's a tough one. I'd say goalkeepers. I'd have to put Sneds in goal. Good call. Um, I'd have to say Aussie. Yep. And then in midfield, I'd have... I'll do, I'll do a Thistle one. I do a all fist one. So Sneds in goal, Aussie at the back as a lone defender. Me and Joe Cardo in midfield, and I may as well finish it off with Kenny up top. Yeah, that would be decent at five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not a bad five aside team. There's not a lot of legs in it, but it will do. <laughs> Uh, Reese, thanks very much for joining us and if it would be good to see you back at Fur Hill one day if there is some, some unfinished business there. I'd hope so, I'd hope so. It would be would be something. I, I'd, I hope to play in a party festival show again and, and try and get the team back to where they should be. Great stuff. Reese, thanks very much and all the best for the rest of the season. Nice one, I appreciate that. finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. Um, I have a week off work at the moment for, for several reasons. Uh, mostly the the golf, the Masters golf. I've also downloaded the, the new EA PGA Tour game and I'm <clears throat> going on a, a half sub crawl before the game on Friday. So a, a busy week or a not so busy week. Won't be leaving the house much apart from Friday. So I'm going to ask you what unusual thing have you taken a day off work for? And David, I'll leave you till last. So I'll start with Jamie. I mean, like Thistle-related things, I've had to like swap shifts for that before, or like miss uni or whatever, to get to like Friday night games. But I can't. I, bad answer. You've come to me first. I generally can't get anything interesting. I'm sorry, Matt. Right. Old forms uh, back. I pulled up injured already. Okay, that's you coming up with a question again next week. Uh, Reese, you got a better answer that's than fine, Jamie? That's fine. I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> no. Barely better, mate. But um, 
mate, same as the only really reason I take time off work, obviously most of my holidays, I, I'm always paranoid, but I always keep some there just in case because you know what it's like sometimes winter time we end up getting like five games called off in a month and you're like, we've got Inverness away, we've got Cove away, we've got uh, Ross County away, we've got Aberdeen away all in the same month and they're all having to get away for work early if you get stuff like that. So I always keep a few spare, but I mean, I've sometimes like spur of the moment. Actually, funnily enough, I've almost done this for tonight. So sometimes I'll go down to like, uh, like my United's my English team. So I'll go down to Old Trafford for like a midweek game. I never go at weekends because obviously this will take priority. So I've done that before. I've taken I've taken time off work like the next day. I just decided late, got a ticket and I'll, I'll go down. So that's probably it. Even today I had to renew my membership for next season because they've closed. Unless you have one already, you can't get a new one next season. So I bet the bullet got a new one. Was going to go down for the Brentford game tomorrow, but checked the availability at work, couldn't get time off. So unfortunately still still hustling tomorrow nobody able to go to the game but I nothing exciting again just football related stuff I was actually off work yesterday yesterday because I was down at Wembley for the the Papa John's final to see Bolton who are my English team a resounding 4-0 win it was the the highest attended game in in Europe this weekend so up the whites David I'm expecting some far-flung tale of you phoning in your work at short notice to travel to Estonia to watch a Eurovision semi-final or something can you can you impress us with a tale like that well I mean funnily enough I do book a week off for Eurovision every year so I um and actually the last this I had this weekend off because I was watching Wrestlemania because it's on till five in the morning so I took a, a five-day weekend so it was a good laugh but no it's strange I've not done it this year but it's not as big now Um, I used to take the 5th and the 6th of April off every year because when I worked in a bank, it's the end of the tax year tomorrow. Um, somebody's going to be listening to this pod tomorrow and go, oh, fuck, I need to go and pay into my ISA. And it used to be a nightmare in my work every year because everyone would remember on the 5th of April they need to pay into their ISA and it would be absolutely stowed, like half an hour to get through and all that. And it was just a nightmare and I hated it. And then the 6th of April, because it's the new tax year, everyone would phone up and get their new ISA on that day as well. So there were pure hateful days. Um, the 5th and 6th of April and I used to take them off every year and just um, never told anyone because then they'd all take it off and wouldn't get the availability um, but yeah, the, the tax year changing just so that I didn't have to sit in a really, really busy day in work is probably me but it, it's not the same anymore the ISAs have changed now so people don't really do it as much anymore so it's not as busy anymore so that's why I didn't take it off Thank you very much for listening to Draw Lose or Draw this week. We will be back next week, hopefully, with a special episode to look back on the 10th anniversary of the Challenge Cup final and the, the famous 1-0 win over Morton. And we'll also be back with our weekly episode. In the meantime, get along to Fahal on Friday, bring a friend for a tenner and stay safe. <laughs>